0: Hi everyone, my name is Yosef Siegel and welcome to this week's edition of the AMM Torah Podcast. Quick announcement before we begin. We're always trying to find new ways to get the podcast out there and to get the Dvar Torah out there. So we are very happy to announce that the the written version of the Dvar Torah is now available on ParshaSheets.com. ParshaSheets.com is a great website where they have links to uh, many different Dvar Torah from around the world both in Hebrew and in English. Uh, I'm sure there are other languages up there as well. Uh, so check it out. Uh, for all the other places that the written Devar Torah and this podcast are available, uh, please listen until the end of the podcast where I list all the different places. And uh, thank you for your continued support. And uh, I hope you enjoy. So without further ado, let's get right into this week's Dvar Torah for Parsha's Toldos. So with Parsha's Toldos We begin the next generation of the Jewish people, which began with Avraham, and now we get into the story of his son, Yitzchak. And if you stop to think about it, it's really kind of strange. We started talking about Avraham in Parsha's Lachachah, so that's Lachachah Vayera Chaisar, that's three partios. and we're already going to start talking about the life of Yaakov, we're really focusing on the life of Yaakov, in next week's Parsha, which is going to take us all the way to the end of Sefer of which is like like another six Partios. And we only have one Parsha, this week's Parsha, Parsha's told us, which really focuses on the details of Yitzchak's life. So why is that? You know, we, we've said this many times, the Torah is not a history book, the point of the Torah is to teach us mitzvos. And in Sefer Baratius, where there's only three mitzvos, the point of the Torah is to give us life lessons, specifically through all the stories that we hear about the Avos. So are there not enough lessons to be learned from the life of Yitzchak? Were there not enough lessons to be learned from the life of Yitzchak? Was he less important than Avram and Yaakov? Chas v'shalem. Of course not. So why do we spend so little time focusing on Yitzchak when you compare it to the other Avos? So Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky in his Sefer, Emes Yaakov, which we've quoted many times, focuses on the specific life lesson that each of the Avos teach us and explains that the amount of attention that each one of the Avos gets in the Torah directly correlates to the influence they had upon the world by using their Mida, their specific life lesson. So then the question becomes, okay, so why wasn't Yitzchak's lesson as influential as Avram and Yaakov's? So let's examine each one of these midos of the Evos. So Avram, of course, was known for a And the simple understanding of the story of Avram is that uh, people would come to his house and uh, he would provide them with anything they could need. And they would want to thank him. And he would say, no, don't thank me. Everything comes from Hashem. Thank Hashem. And with that, he would bring them uh, closer to Hashem. But it goes deeper than that. What was the reason behind why Avraham chose the Midah of Chesed? Obviously, it must have been a more natural Midah to him. But he was a great man. There is a lot of different things he could have done to serve Hashem in the best way possible. In fact, we see that uh, his most famous act, the Ak- Akedus Yitzchak, was uh, the exact opposite of Chesed. So Avram definitely had the ability to work uh, on his Avodah Hashem in ways other than chesed. So why did he choose specifically chesed to make that his main uh, attribute? So Avram recognized that everything he had was a chesed from Hashem. Everything that he had been blessed with was totally undeserved and, and unnecessary from Hashem's standpoint. But Hashem gave it to Avram. And Avram recognized that as an act of kindness, as an act of chesed. So when Avram did chesed, what he was doing was attempting to model his actions after that of Hashem. And in that way, become more like him and become closer to him. So when his guests would come and he would provide for them and they would thank him for his kindness, he would say, you think I'm the one giving you all this? The kindness is coming to me as well. Everything here comes from Hashem. He's the one you have to thank. He's gifting this to me, and he's gifting this to you. I'm just the middleman over here, but really everything over here, the same way that it's a gift to you, it's also a gift to me. And that was Avraham's midah, and that's what he used to draw people close to Hashem, recognizing that everything was a kindness. Now, a life that's based off of kindness and mercy and uh, warm, inviting homes that's a very attractive life to be a part of. And Avraham was able to uh, draw many people closer to Hashem. Let's skip Yitzchak for the moment. We'll come back to him at the end. And let's go straight to Yaakov. Yaakov's mida was emes. He pursued truth. He wanted real truth. He wanted to know what the actual idea was behind everything in the world. And the way that he did that was that he excelled in learning Torah. Torah is the ultimate guide of the universe. It's written by Hashem. It's given to us directly by Hashem. And by plumbing the depths of the Torah, you can learn the real solid truths of the universe. What is it built upon? What does it mean? Why is it here? What are we supposed to do now that we have it? So, this is true both uh, in regards to Hashkafah, uh, just in terms of how we're supposed to treat the world and the people that inhabit it, and also in terms of halacha, Torah and mitzvos. How are we supposed to live, live our lives? So, Yaakov pursued this truth and he did it through the Torah. So, he spent his life as a representation of honesty and taught Torah to anyone who would listen to him. And it was really through him that the young nation of Ben Israel, once they uh, got to Mitzrayim, they already had this strong connection to Torah, and they had already begun to formulate a relationship with Hashem through the Torah and through the truth. And that's how they were able to survive all those years in Galus. So this is also a very attractive lifestyle. It might not be as attractive as the uh, warm, inviting home of Chesed, but uh, knowing the difference between emes and sheker and knowing what uh, you're supposed to do with your life and how you're supposed to live your life, that's a very attractive uh, proposition as well. And Yaakov was also able to draw many people close to Hashem. Yitzchak, his main midah was gvura, which is translated as strength. We explain it as avoda. His avodas Hashem, his diligence and his service to Hashem was very, very strong. And Chazal tell us this trait was built on a very strong sense of din and mishpat, which literally means justice, which Rav Yaakov explains in this context to mean that a person has to live his entire life strictly within the guidelines, within the lines that Hashem has set up for us without any compromise. Now, this is a difficult standard to hold oneself to. Complete commitment, no compromising, no wavering at all from where you're supposed to be. You stay within the lines. If you cross the line, you're out. That's, that's a very, very high level to hold yourself to. And the only person to whom this is an expected way of life is one to whom that lifestyle is so precious that the relationship with Hashem and the commitment to Hashem is so important that of course you're going to keep yourself on that level. And it goes so far that ultimately, that you're willing to pay the ultimate price for that. You're willing to give up your life for it. Because if you're going to stay so strong within what you feel is right, and that's going to remain so important to you, that type of restricted uh, lifestyle is something which you're going to take all the way. And this was Yitzhak's relationship with Hashem and with the Torah. His view on life is very demanding, and it sounds when I, whenever you say the word restrictive, it sounds, it, it sounds bad. You <laughs> know, just to say it very simply, it sounds bad. But there's an ultimate commitment here. One of the best things that a human being can have in life is to love something or someone so much that you'd be willing to die for it. Which Yitzchak showed right away. Hashem needed someone to be a sacrifice by a kid Yitzchak, and and the Medrash tells us that Yitzchak. Volunteered to do it. He was ready without hesitation. And even if you just read the psukim, Yitzchak figured out what was happening. You know, at a certain point he realized that he was going to be a carbon and he never stopped. He never fought. In fact, the whole reason that it's called a Kedis Yitzchak means the binding of Yitzchak. Yitzchak told Avraham that he should tie him up, because in case he would accidentally jerk, you know, just out of a natural human reaction to a knife coming at your throat. Perhaps Avram would cause a mum, and then then Yitzchak wouldn't be a good carbon anymore. So Yitzchak said, tie me up because I want to make sure I'm the best carbon possible. That's a crazy level of commitment. That's somebody who's willing to die for what he believes in. And while his life may have been exact, it doesn't mean that Yitzchak had to be an unhappy person. Restrictions doesn't mean that you need to be unhappy. Yitzchak didn't live his life with a sense of foreboding or fear if he would ever cross the lines. He lived with a happiness of being secure in the knowledge that he knew how to be able to serve his creator to the maximum level. And because it was important to him, he demanded of himself complete commitment to that lifestyle. He didn't see it as a restriction. He saw it as an opportunity. He saw that his lifestyle was going to lead it to be the best commitment to Hashem possible, and he loved that opportunity to the degree that if death was necessary, he was ready to do so. Now, I keep saying that you know, be ready to die. Yitzchak was ready to die. And that sounds scary, but the truth is, this is a very, very important part of our Jewish identity. Sadly, all too often throughout history, Jews have had to follow this practice of Mesir nefesh giving up their lives for a cause, specifically the cause of Hashem. And it's not just within the Jewish people, but throughout history and throughout society nowadays, even nowadays, the idea of dying for a cause is admired and will always be admired, because it shows that this that this idea or this person, this concept, whatever it is, is so important to you that it's worth more than your life itself. This was Yitzhak's contribution to the Jewish people. This idea of Mesir Nefesh dying for a cause, and specifically in our case, dying for the cause of Hashem. However, this lifestyle is a very hard lifestyle to maintain. It's a very high level of commitment. It's not for everyone. And therefore, in terms of attracting people to Hashem, Yitzchak did not attract nearly as many followers uh, as Avraham and Yaakov did. So let's bring this all together. As Rav Yaakov said before, the amount of words, the amount of stories told about the Avos is in direct correlation to how many people they attracted to Hashem at their specific time in history. And it was like this because the number of stories that they took part in ultimately comes down to how many people they interacted with and affected. So Abraham affected a lot of people. Yaakov affected a lot of people. There's lots of stories about them. Yitzchak affected the least amount of people to the point where it only takes us one Parsha to list all his major global accomplishments uh, at that time in history. But in the long run, the amount written about each one of the Avos is insignificant. The important part is what they contributed to us, their descendants, the Jewish people. The lessons that we see in Sefer Brachius from the Evos teach us how to live our lives as Odey Hashem. So it might be that in his own time, Yitzchak did not attract as many people to Hashem. But in terms of the contributions he made towards us, towards his children, to the, towards the future nation of Bnei Israel, they were just so, as significant as his father's and his son's. If I may be so bold as to suggest, Chesed teaches us how to be like Hashem. Learning Torah teaches us to understand Hashem. But self-sacrifice of living in a certain way and the Mesiris Nefesh for a cause, the Midos of Yitzchak, is what ultimately seals our relationship with Hashem. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. For any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, please email me at amemtora at gmail.com. That's a i m e m T O R A H at gmail.com. The email newsletter will give you updates for AMM Torah, as well as the written version of the Zvar Torah in your inbox, along with an MP3 download of this podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes. Just search for the AM Torah podcast or my name, Yosef Siegel. Please check out the blog itself, old ideas for the modern where you can get the written version of this week's Divar Torah, as well as the archived versions of the previous eight years of Amem Torah Divrei Torah. Please check out my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where this podcast is hosted, and learn more about my book, Reality Check, A Handbook of Ashkafa. And finally, please check us out on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash and on Twitter, Twitter handle at amemtora. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and have a great job.